John chapter 1, verses 1 to 14. The Word became flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. So this morning, our reading is one of the most incredible explanations of Christmas ever written. Uh, it will be heard as the culmination of carol services all across the world in the next couple of weeks. John's poetic declaration that the word became flesh, John 1, 1 to 14. And so as we perhaps sit with this uh, incredibly familiar passage this morning, allow the Holy Spirit to speak into your heart and your mind. Allow him to perhaps highlight words or truths or challenges that over-familiarity might otherwise allow to wash over you. John's telling of the Christmas story is strikingly different from Matthew, Mark's and Luke's. In John's account, there are no Mary and Joseph, no virgin births, no shepherds or guiding stars or angels or declarations of peace on earth and goodwill to all people. And yet this telling of Christmas gets straight to the heart of the incarnation, to the heart of the good news of Jesus. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. God, of course, has been involved in human history before. Through the whole of the Old Testament, we find him interacting with people, intervening in life, speaking through the prophets. But this is new. This is the first time that God has broken into time in flesh. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have now seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son, the one who came from the father, full of grace and truth. But why now? Why now? Because the world, the whole of humanity, is in darkness and needs Jesus, the light. I want us to take a moment uh, just to stop and to imagine the things that you have seen on the news, on the TV, in your newspaper, on the internet this week, places or situations in your life that are in darkness 
I just want us to literally close our eyes and in your mind's eye, just for a few seconds, just imagine those scenes that you've seen this week of places and people in darkness. quite overwhelming sometimes when we do that. You might have been imagining different news stories or people that you know in your life who are struggling in some way, and it can be quite overwhelming. And that's just the stuff that we know about. If we amplify uh, those things that we've all thought about and pictured in our minds by about a thousand times, that's probably a more accurate example of the real darkness in the world. Darkness can be completely overwhelming, but consider the light. Think about our sun, for example. We tend to take it for granted uh, because it's up there in the sky every day. We think, but we're not quite sure when we live in Scotland if it really is there, but we think it's there uh, most of the time. And it's our local star and it's completely amazing. I was reading about it. It's 93 million miles away. It's 864,000 miles across. About one million Earths could fit inside our sun, uh, and that just completely blows my mind. And the sun is very hot, as we know. In fact, at the core of the sun, the temperature is, this is a big number, I've got to make sure I read it right, 28,799,540 degrees Fahrenheit. And without the heat and the light of the sun, life as we know it wouldn't exist on Earth. The sun is essential But the true light of the world is even more essential. The sun is amazing, but the true light of the world is infinitely more amazing. And so John tells us that Jesus, the true light, broke in to that overwhelming darkness of the world. Jesus became the embodiment of God's grace. The word became known. Why? So that we could know the knowable God. The word became known so that we could know the knowable God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. Jesus is the source of life with God the Father and the Holy Spirit. He is the Logos, the Word of God that spoke and brought life into being. We're not talking, are we, of some lesser demigod who was begotten from the source. But John makes it clear that there is complete equality within the Godhead. Jesus was part of creation. He is the source of life and light. He is the light. Verse 5 tells us, The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. Uh, When I was a child, uh, we went on a school trip uh, to some caves in Yorkshire. And it was really exciting. It was one of those trips you knew about for a few years and you really looked forward to it. I can't remember what year it was in. uh, But I reckon I was probably about nine or ten. It was so exciting, uh, walking deep into this warren of underground tunnels. And we came out into this huge, uh, cavernous cathedral of a cave. It was beautiful, and there were stalagmites and stalactites, and that echoey drip-drip 
of water on the rocks. And then I remember we gathered all around and we had our hard hats on and the guide that was with us then just turned off the lights. And it was that complete pitch black darkness. It's, it was like nothing I had ever experienced. The darkness just overcame and enveloped everything. And I'm sure that many of you have been in a cave or an old mine or something like that and experienced this true darkness that descends uh, when you're underground. It's overwhelming. It's a blackness that just conceals everything like a concealing cloak. cloak. It's probably the best way of describing it. And I remember at that moment, age nine or 10, that I started to just feel after a few minutes a little bit overwhelmed and scared by the darkness. I felt this sort of panic begin to rise in me. And then the guide switched on his talk, torch. And I remember the torch, it just pierced the darkness. It pierced in the darkness and he started showing us different things around this beautiful cave. Suddenly you could see again the beauty and you could see again the dangers, and you could see again a safe way, and you could see again the pitfalls that were before us. We appreciate light when we've known true darkness. And sometimes we can feel like our life is in darkness. Our lives can feel dark or lonely or overwhelming for many reasons. And sometimes, as we've already imagined, we know that the world is in darkness. Sometimes history just seems to be repeating itself. We don't appear to learn from the past mistakes and people make poor decisions. World leaders are threatening millions of people. The rich become richer and the poor become poorer. And natural disasters occur. And we see the results of how humanity is misusing the Earth's resources. And the anger of people frightens us and we feel powerless and we feel frustrated. And the darkness can feel overwhelming. But John tells us most profoundly in his telling of the incarnation that Jesus is light piercing the darkness, a, a light that the darkness of our lives and this world cannot overwhelm. Jesus has broken the power of darkness. He has won the victory once and for all. And so when Jesus comes into a situation or a place or someone's life, then he can shine light into the beauty of that situation or that life. But he can also shine light on the dangers or the darkness. He can reveal a safe way through. He can reveal the pitfalls before them. Apollo astronaut Jim Lovell uh, told about one of the most frightening times of his life. He was returning from a combat mission and he couldn't find his aircraft carrier that he'd had to land his plane on. And it was night and the carrier lights were off because they were in a combat situation. And uh, Jim's navigation equipment uh, was of no use at that moment because they were under total radio silence. And he desperately turned on his map light to see if he could calculate his position to work out where he was. Uh, but then suddenly he had an electrical shortcut and it caused all the lights in his aircraft to go out. It was then, at that moment, that he saw in the darkness this eerie glow in the water. 
And Jim knew, because of his experience, uh, that it was the glow of tiny sea plankton uh, caused by the wake of a passing ship. And all he had to do was follow the light of that sea plankton to find his way to his aircraft carrier. Jim would never have found his way back to his ship without that, if you like, God-given light. And we need the light of Jesus in our way, in our, in our way to follow, to find our way to God. Verse 9 tells us this, that the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Jesus' purpose is to bring that which is hidden, that is which is hidden in darkness, into the light. Uh, when my husband, John, is away, I never sleep well uh, because I'm just so aware of the night uh, and I have this great ability uh, to magnify every noise or thing in the shadow um, when I'm on my own at night. In the darkness of the night, everything can appear a little bit more overwhelming. You know, shapes take on new scary forms and the regular creaks of our house suddenly become burglars in my mind. But when we turn on the light or the day comes, everything just looks completely different, doesn't it? Everything which appeared threatening or scary suddenly becomes remarkably familiar and friendly. And this just reminds me that the world is made for light. The world is not made for darkness. That's why I think we're uncomfortable or a bit scared sometimes in the dark. When Jesus came, he showed up what was in darkness. He showed up systems and morality and behaviours and beliefs and ways of thinking that were in darkness and showed what it would mean for them to be brought fully into the light, into his light. Jesus also brought what was already good and what was already beautiful into the light. And he allows it to shine with its true light and joy and beauty. A tree is just a tree until you put those beautiful white twinkly lights on it and then it becomes a beautiful Christmas tree that brings joy and beauty into a room. This world that we live in was made to be illuminated by Jesus, the light of the world. Jesus makes everything look different. The very person of Jesus brings comfort in dark times. The person of Jesus brings that warm glow of light and hope in the dark room following a devastating loss. The person of Jesus is like the beam of a torch when you need to know which way to go. And one day the whole earth will be filled with the light of Jesus. And John makes it clear here in this passage that many didn't recognize him and many still don't recognize him in our world. But those who do are invited with him to be children of God, to join the family of God. So according to John's gospel, uh, Christmas is not just about Jesus' birthday at all, but it's about ours. It's the celebration of our new birth through Jesus. As we're invited through the incarnation of Jesus to become a child of God ourselves, and then to bear the light and to take the light of Jesus' love and mercy and forgiveness and grace into this world that we live in. Amen.